0: everybody I'm Fran Spielman and with me is the Fraternal Order of Police President Kevin Graham. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and happy me. summer if it ever arrives
1: uh, I, Of course summer is supposed to be today. I don't know the, that the temperature will be indicative of uh, having summer but uh, certainly it has uh, it's been a rainy one.
0: And rain is good for crime isn't it Does it has it helped
1: you? Sure. Uh, having, having bad weather cold temperatures or rain uh, does keep people uh, inside. Uh, when people are standing on the street corner certainly it's uh, it's a problem with crime. Uh, there are targets out there and so certainly um, when weather is bad, uh, it does help the crime situation.
0: But it's still been persistently high a lot of shooting victims every weekend murders. Why is that? What's going on in Chicago?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of factors involved in that. Um, I mean, you have to go back several years when we had a reduction of the police department. And as we are trying to build up those numbers in the police department, uh, we are still left with the fact that uh, there are long-lasting gang activities between members who are uh, going after each other. And we are looking at the community trying to help the police in trying to solve some of these crimes. And when we lost the foot officers throughout the city, which were our best connection to the community, a lot of the information that we used to get is not coming forward. Because when you had a foot officer walking those beats, people had confidence that they were going to be there the next day. You could go up and talk to them. uh, And certainly those things are not there anymore, although they are starting to put foot officers back in neighborhoods.
0: Well, the mayor, uh, Mayor Emanuel, finally reversed course and added about 1,100 or so police officers after going through so much attrition and eliminating vacancies. Has it not been enough?
1: It's not been enough. We, we certainly, um, we need we need to be somewhere over 14,000, probably about 144 uh, should be the number that we're going to need to address all the things that we need to address, including the new things that we are doing, such as the situation rooms, uh, the SDS rooms, the uh, where we're watching the cameras in the stations. Uh, we also have a new unit that monitors the uh, body cameras on officers. So there's a number of things that we are now putting officers through um, that we didn't have. Spots for them before. And those have to be manned by policemen because it's important to have sensitive information safeguarded.
0: So we have 13.5 now and we need 14.4?
1: That would be about the number that we need to do everything. And
0: how do you propose we pay for that? Because the salaries of these extra cops that Mayor Manuel added escalate after 18 months, so there's already a problem learning how to pay for that at a time when the city is so short.
1: I'm hoping to have a meeting with the mayor at some point, and certainly I don't come to the table without some ideas on how to pay for those.
0: Okay, Uh, can you share a few now? You know
1: what, I think those need to be shared with the mayor first. Uh, We'll see if she accepts those ideas uh, but I do believe the proper place to do that first is with the mayor she's the one that has to decide how to pay for things how the budget goes and certainly I, I have some ideas I have some ideas on how to reduce crime and and I will share those with her uh, when if and when we ever have a meeting
0: right which brings us to the point of if and when you ever have a meeting because she's sort of frozen you out hasn't she
1: well you know one of the things that I have always prided myself on and running my organization is communication. We try and keep open lines of communication with people with, um, and we're trying to keep open lines of communication with the community as well. And we're doing some things that haven't been done before. Uh, and one of the things that I would like to see is that the mayor, uh, try to meet with the FOP and try and resolve some of these, uh, ideas, beliefs, myths, uh, Animosity, whatever you might might want to call it, so that we can have a real dialogue and try and keep the people of the city of Chicago safe and try and keep the police officers safe. I'd also like to address the suicide rate in the police department, which is also very important to me.
0: Right. And she went to the police board this week and she talked about the suicides, the seven suicides in recent months, and she accused uh, Superintendent Johnson of not leading on this issue. They've added clinicians, they've added from, they've doubled the number from 6 to 12. She doesn't think that's enough. What do you think should be done on the suicides, and why are so many officers committing suicide?
1: Uh, It is a a complex issue, but this is a very depressing job. Uh, It makes it the, the problem's compounded when officers are denied time due, uh, denied time due to be with their families, to be denied time due to go on vacations, uh, especially after it's been approved. Uh, along with some of the other uh, problems that we have, uh, some of the community uh, don't understand what we have to do. We have done in the past a poor job of communicating with the public. Uh, When you take away, as I already said, the foot officers, which were our greatest avenue towards the community, uh, you really shut out people to uh, communication between the public and the police department. We want to change that. Uh, I have been meeting with some of the uh, reverends from around the city, uh, trying to see what we can do to try and work together and show that the the people that were there to keep them safe. This is a very difficult job. It is a very difficult job when you go home at the end of the night too. Uh, You see things that most people will never see. You see them on a continuing basis. Uh, I not only was a uh, uh, a crisis intervention officer, I was also a peer support officer and a peer support team leader. Uh, I've talked to many officers, who have been contemplating suicide. Um, I was happy that they called because...
0: Did you talk anybody out of it?
1: Oh, several, yes. And so I think the, we do have mechanisms in place to help that.
0: But is 12 enough?
1: 12 clinicians, uh, well we also have peer support people Uh, And and I don't want to underestimate those, Uh, 12 clinicians, let's get those 12 out there and let's see what we can do with those 12. Certainly when we only had three that was not enough. Uh, When I first became FOP president, uh, my very first meeting with the superintendent, the very first thing we talked about was employee assistance and not enough clinicians.
0: Do you think he's led on this issue?
1: I think he has. I think that there has been problems getting people approved Uh, getting uh, things through the budget. It's a large organization, and sometimes things get bogged down in paperwork. That's not an excuse, Uh, that is a reason. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the clinicians hired uh, two years ago. I did meet with three of the the new clinicians this week in my office, uh, talking to them about uh, what we could do to try and help that. Uh, we're also reaching out to our retired members as well to make sure that they know that they still have a place in this police department even though they're retired and with the FOP and that we can help. We- Let's
0: talk about the things that Mayor Lightfoot has done and said that have made things a little more difficult. The unsubstantiated rumor that she repeated on cable TV that your union somehow told officers to lay back and do nothing on Memorial Day. Uh well... Where did that come from?
1: I don't know where that came from. Uh, I can tell you this. On Memorial Day weekend, I was out backing up officers in the 3rd District, the 7th District, and the 19th District. I was out there talking with the officers at roll call. I also went on uh, calls to back them up. Now, why would I say those things if I myself was out there? I wanted to make sure they knew that their union president was out there on a weekend. Along with them, if their time was canceled, they should know that their union was also going to be there standing by them. Now, why would I ever say anything like that if I was going to be out there? Um, there's no truth to that. I, I, I will say this. that
0: How I, undermining was that to morale, though? Uh,
1: I, and, and A lot of people would have liked me to have come out harder on the mayor than, than what I did. Um, I made it very clear that was not a true statement. I don't know where she got that. Uh, I I also know that this was, she was only, uh, she was very new to the job. She only had a week or two in. Uh, And so I've tried to be. You pulled your punches. I I, I did pull my punches. Um, I want, this mayor is going to be there for the next four years. I want to have a dialogue. I want to try and solve the crime problem. I want to help her solve the financial issues in this city. Uh, We are there to be partners. We are there to try and look at things Uh, Just this week uh, the city was shocked to find out that we had already met with the monitor and several of the people from the consent decree so that we can have a dialogue as to where this consent decree is going How it will affect officers how it will affect the public how it will affect crime fighting and so we took that on ourselves And
0: so so you're saying that if I was totally opposed to the consent decree and trying to stop it at every turn, as she claims, I wouldn't have done that.
1: You know, we have this in front of the Supreme Court. We do believe that this is a civil rights issue, which should be handled by the U.S. government. Uh, We already had Jeff Sessions, who at that time was the attorney general for the United States of America, who said there should not be a consent decree. The Justice Department has been working on collaborative efforts. What they've seen in the past is that consent decrees don't work, that there's very little change, that oftentimes immediately after a consent decree goes into effect, crime actually goes up.
0: So what's the most objectionable part of this consent decree in terms of crime fighting and the officers that you represent?
1: Well, the officers really didn't have a say-so in how we're going to proceed trying to make the police department better. That's a real problem when going forward. I was there when, the judge, when judge Dow held uh, his fairness hearings. There were people coming in that were telling stories that were just absolutely not true. Uh, I, I was familiar with some of those stories. They were saying things that were incorrect. There were people that were coming that didn't live in Chicago uh, that are giving testimony, some people from out of state. And certainly the ACLU had a clipboard and was checking people off as they came in. We didn't have that kind of um, uh, group effort. We told officers, if you want to come and say something, come and say something. Certainly the FOP, the other unions came and said, look, you guys put a consent decree together. Um, it was shot down by the United States government. The, at that time, Mayor Emanuel and the Attorney General, Lisa Madigan, uh, she brought a lawsuit. Uh, the mayor accepted that within forty-eight hours.
0: Yeah, she forced his hand. She,
1: she did, um, and it's clear in, in the documents. I've said that her office lied to the FOP. Uh, that absolutely was the case. Uh, this case lied is not- to the
0: FOP that nothing would be done that would affect your rights and your contract. Our contract. And what part of it does?
1: Oh there's so many things. I just got off the phone uh, with the city with at the police department um, that they want to change our day off group because they said, well, it's in the consent decree that w- we want to have unity of command. And so we want to um, eliminate um, uh, day off groups that officers have been in for 10 years. And I said... No, you need to bargain with us over that. uh, What do you mean
0: day-off groups?
1: There are day-off groups. uh, Our our schedule rotates. Uh uh, And and those day-off groups um, allow enough officers to be off, uh, to be with their families. And what they want to do is eliminate some of those day-off groups. That would also mean that they spend less time with their families, less time with their families on the weekends, less time with their families uh, on holidays. And so they want to do that without bargaining with us for it. And so we've said, no. In the
0: name of crime fighting.
1: Everything is in the name of, they say, is in the name of crime fighting. But the one thing that they leave out is the police officers and the union that represents them.
0: Okay. So, and then you had the incident with uh, Deputy Riccio, where she called him out publicly for taking a summer vacation with his family to Aruba that had been paid for in the fall and authorized in the fall. Did that send a message to the rank and file? That uh,
1: they did. And what did it, it say? It said that you and your family uh, don't matter as much as what we want you to do here for the police department. Our officers work nights, weekends, holidays. They give a lot to the city. They do everything they can to protect the people of the city of Chicago. And to say that they're not entitled to be with their families is is wrong. Um, we then uh, re- also responded by telling the city that we would be pu- putting in a proposal to the city that says, if the officer's time has been approved off and then uh, is then changed for whatever reason. That
0: Compensation.
1: The, de- the, the department will compensate them for the money that they've already put out for the trip.
0: Yeah, and that's what they should do. Then,
1: and and that well, that's what we're asking. Certainly, we have to bargain with the city over that. And just because we put a proposal in, or just because the city puts a proposal in, doesn't mean it's going to go forward. We have to bargain with them. We may also and wind up in front of an arbitrator. And if we do, it would be the arbitrator's decision.
0: Have you made any progress at all? Mayor Emanuel punted the police contract to Lori Lightfoot. Uh, he didn't want to deal with it, obviously. It's a hot potato. I mean, there are certain disciplinary changes that the Black Caucus is demanding, that others are demanding.
1: Well, they, people are demanding things. First of all, I don't think they understand what they're asking for. They're demanding things based on what they hear on social media. One of the things that they should have be, be doing uh, is talking to us and seeing what the problems are. Uh, one of the problems is... That we certainly have rights that are just fair. Um, they would like to take away the affidavit. Yeah, uh, that, the sworn affidavit. And we believe that's essential. We want to go after people that make false allegations about the police, and we intend to do so. We are doing that currently. And we are going to make sure that if people are going to say that police officers are doing things wrong, two things are going to happen. One is that we're going to establish whether or not the officer did or did not make a mistake, or uh, with malice or not with malice. And if, in fact, this is uh, an untrue statement. If it's an untrue statement, and they've lied about what the police officer did, whether it's to get him off the beat because drug dealers want to take over that corner, and the police officer's out there doing his job, and they want to get the, keep that officer who's doing his job off of that beat, which is very likely to happen if we allow them to do what they want to do then we need to go after those individuals. We need to sue them. We need to take them into civil court and hold them accountable for what they do.
0: So, okay, so that, that's one you won't give in on the sworn affidavit. What no. about the 48-hour wait uh, or the 24-hour wait? 24, 24 hours. We are
1: asking the negotiations to go to 72 hours.
0: You want to go to 72 hours. Sure. And this, to the viewers, is giving officers that much time before providing a statement after a shooting. Yes. 72 hours? Yes. That sounds uh, like time to get your story straight.
1: It's the same amount of time that the federal government gives their federal agents to give their their statements to.
0: And what's the reasoning behind well, that? Well, it's you because, when you're, in a, because when
1: you're in a traumatic incident, oftentimes you have eliminated things that you just don't remember. Um, I can tell you this from somebody who's looked down the barrel of a gun when somebody pulled the trigger, uh, that it is, a, it is an experience, and all you see is the end of that barrel, and it looks about uh, as, as, as big as your fist, even though it might be a small caliber gun. Um, and so it takes you a while to remember everything that occurred. Uh, and, I, and as I said, uh, that's from per- firsthand experience. Uh, it takes you a while, especially when you've been in such a traumatic incident. These aren't things that we're just coming up with. There are studies that show this. That's why the federal government gives 72 hours. We're at 24, and now we're saying, well, if it's good enough for the federal government to be at 72, uh, why shouldn't we have the same rights as federal agents?
0: Anonymous complaints?
1: (laughs) It has the same uh, effect as as, as as not signing affidavits. You need to be able to establish that people are not just trying to get police officers off of the beat so that crime can flourish. We need to make sure that officers are out there doing their job and free from uh, irresponsible allegations. Now, if these allegations are true, put your name to it. Stand up and put your name to it. Certainly when we're arresting people, we have to sign a complaint on someone.
0: So where are you willing to give on the disciplinary process? Anything at all?
1: Well, I, I haven't heard all of their, their proposals yet.
0: What are they asking of you? Well,
1: They're asking for a discipline matrix. Um, that, what is that? That um, it's it's basically a chart that if you've done uh, this allegation wrong, you get this amount of time as suspension or discipline, or you go before the police board. The problem with that is that they are have increased all the penalties without any explanation. Uh, and so certainly if you do, if you've never done anything wrong in 25 years and you do one thing wrong, you can be suspended for five days and that's unreasonable. So what we're saying is this, this whole chart uh, needs to be looked at. Each case is separate, just like when we go and arrest somebody. Each, each case that we um, find a person to have been, been an offender We have to look at the totality of the circumstances and be able to decide whether or not this person has committed a misdemeanor, a felony, and then it goes in front of a judge. And a judge decides, based on, on all the evidence that's been presented and their history, what should be done. We're only asking for the same thing that somebody would get in a court of law to take a look at the totality of the circumstances and find out what's going on. One of the things that I always uh, like to point out is that an officer is late for a roll call, um, coming in late to work. He can be suspended. However, the person who lives across the street and is late because he do- can't seem to get his act together is certainly different than the officer who has a handicapped child and needs more attention that day. Those are two different situations, and you have to look at them that way. You cannot just say, these are the uh, these are the set of circumstances. We have a discipline matrix, and we're going to give everybody the same no matter what. That's not a fair way to look at things, and you have to be open-minded. Just as we expect police officers to be open-minded every time they approach a situation and have to determine whether or not Somebody has done something with malice, they did it intentionally, or whether it's simply a mistake.
0: Civilian police review, is there any form of it that you can agree to?
1: We already have that. It's called the police board. We already have COPA. We already have those things. We now have a federal judge that is reviewing all the policies and procedures of the police department. The problem is that people are unhappy when an officer is found innocent. They still want to have another bite at the apple to try and attack him and, or her. And that's the problem. You, know, you cannot just keep going after the police and saying, well, there must be something wrong. Well, there might be something wrong with our society. There may be something wrong with not putting enough economic development into a community. There may be something wrong with somebody not being a real parent to a child who's out committing crimes. Those are all possibilities. But you can't just keep attacking the police and saying the police are the ones that are wrong. That's not fair, and it's not accurate.
0: The casino is going to shore up your pensions. Where should it go to provide maximum revenue?
1: I think you hit it. It's maximum revenue. Um, Where
0: does it need to go to provide maximum revenue? Downtown, right?
1: I I I'll be honest with you when it comes to where that casino is I don't know where the the locations are that right, they can put it Right but
0: you want it to get maximum revenue Absolutely right? absolutely
1: yeah. I do and I've said this I've said this to a number of people I don't think you're going to get maximum revenue if you put a casino on the far southeast side of the city because people will say if I just go uh, five more miles into Indiana, uh, then uh, somebody who is a smoker will be able. To, would rather go to the Indiana boats. So I, I think there is something about being closer to downtown. I'm. I'm I, I don't know all the sites. Uh, I do believe that economic development does need to go in some of the south and and western parts of the city because we have too much vacant land and not enough job opportunities. And I think that we can put things in to those communities that are going to uplift those communities. I don't know, necessarily know that a casino is necessarily the way to go.
0: Why not go to arbitration with your contract? I mean, really, do not pass go, do not collect $200 like they used to say in Monopoly.
1: Um, that's, it's certainly some of my own members are asking that question. The reality is that under the law, we need to negotiate these items first. If we go straight to arbitration before we negotiate those things, the arbitrator can send it back and send it to a mediator, which we have never had luck with on either side because we both know where we're going to be. So we have to sit and go through the process of negotiating each and every item that each side has brought forward and to come up with reasons why or why why not have these things go into effect? But
0: hasn't really, uh, isn't arbitration leverage for you because an arbitrator is likely to do nothing on the disciplinary stuff and just hand down an economic thing?
1: Uh, Well, what an arbitrator will do is they will look at the things that are broken. Now, if the city can establish that there are are broken policies, um, then an arbitrator will look at those. Uh, The reality is that they're not broken. Uh, I've already stated here today that people want additional bites at the apple to try and persecute police officers for really doing their jobs. Um, I would like to see the police department standing up more for the officers when they have done a very tough job. And certainly sometimes that's a problem for the police department because they are also trying to pacify community who believes that there is something going on, something underhanded, when there isn't. Um, I've said it before, and I'll I'll say it again. I know nothing about a code of silence. If, If the people who are making those accusations knew something, then they should have done something about it. Because I don't know anything about it, and nobody's told me what those accusations and who those people are.
0: And you even have a couple of officers who are going to testify against their brethren in a trial that's going to come up in in the fall. Is that proof to you that there is no code of silence?
1: I expect police officers to do their job, to testify honestly, and to do their job, even when it involves uh, a fellow police officer. And, and I've always said that. I've been a police officer for more than 35 years. Uh, I don't know of any time that I have ever seen a police officer say, we're not going to follow through with the law because he's a police officer. I, I, I've seen them But, so I mean, sympathy. is this
0: trial thing proof that there is no oh, I,
1: I think there's a lot of proof that officers um, are going to do their job, and they do it in an upstanding and professional way every single day. Uh, You know, we have officers who make mistakes. Uh, And you have have
0: corrupt officers, just like there are corrupt politicians. And and I've
1: always said the police department cannot tolerate um, uh, unlawful police officers or bad cops. But there's a process for that. And, And that process is followed. Unfortunately, nobody pays any attention to when we tell people, you need to leave the job or we're going to prosecute you or if there, if there is enough evidence in, in those cases. We have a lot of officers who resign um, and leave the job uh, because they know uh, this job isn't for them.
0: Yeah. Kevin Graham, thank you so much for sure. joining us.
1: Thank you. And we'll see you all next week.